and welcome to another episode of the Atomic Kingdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is Jenny. Hello. And Danny. That is my name. My name is Danny. I am a robot. I feel left out. My last name, or my name doesn't end with a Y. Nope. You're not special. Ends in a D like a chump. We can call you Davey, like Davy Crockett. It ends in an E. I didn't say my name was David. Or like Davy Jones from the Monkees. Right. And his locker. Moving on. Yes. Spoiler alert. We are going to talk all things Game of Thrones through season five. So if you have not watched up through that point, you might not want to listen to this episode. Uh, you probably shouldn't just listen. D- d- just don't. Until you're caught up, then come on back and join us for Game of Thrones talk. So, yes, Game of Thrones Season 5 has <laughs> stirred up the internets like no other. Everyone was all angry. Everyone was all upset all season long. They didn't like this season, apparently, even though I thought it was probably the most entertaining season. I loved this season. Spoiler alert, I loved this season. We finally got what we've been waiting for for five seasons. What? I'm I'm angry at the people who are like, that was a stupid episode. I didn't like this. I'm like, what do you want? They want what they want. It's a, it's like a it's a whole fandom problem in general. Like I, coming from the Harry Potter thing, it's like they didn't get their way. Now they're mad. That's it's literally for some people, it's as dumb as that. And their expectations are way too like skewed. You know, like I don't know. It makes me angry. Yeah, like how is a writer going to think of doing what you want them to do because nobody's ever thought of how you want to do it? They're you're not one of their writers, so they're gonna do something different. Get over it. So, Doctor Who fans are called Whovians. What are Potter Harry Potter fans called? Um, uh, uh, I don't actually know. Wow, they're gonna they're gonna excommunicate you from this this group? No, I mean, like, I never really, we never really had a title. I just always called myself a Harry Potter fan. Are you guys? <laughs> are you guys like the Muggles? Sc- maybe the, the scarves. The scarves. Yeah, because they wear those scarves. They do wear scarves occasionally. But Doctor Who is more famous for st- scarves. Well, when when it's cold, they like to keep their necks warm. So what's a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, de- depressed. <laughs> depressed, yes. <laughs> Always depressed. Uh, so yes, spoiler alert, uh, all seasons. Uh, I don't know, we might talk books a little bit, but I'm not caught up. So, and I mean... Neither am I. They're essentially caught up on the TV show with the books, is what I'm told. And past it for some parts. Right, right. So if you don't know what Game of Thrones is, it's this tiny show about incest and nudity and dragons on HBO. It's the sequel to Big Love. The home box office. <laughs> the prequel. <laughs> the pre- yeah, it's the prequel. To- Back in Game of Thrones times, guys. <laughs> this right. is how people lived. <laughs> the Game of Thrones era yep. of time. Yeah, it was right after the Cretaceous was the Game of Thrones period. The Westeros era. There's dinosaurs, and then there was Game of Thrones, and then there was King Arthur, uh, and we totally just skip over all of Egypt and all of that stuff. Yeah, Da Vinci was next, and then uh, and then uh, motor cars, and then uh, the 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 time of the the movie The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, and then uh, Twitter, and that's about it. That's everything. Well, Twitter caused the the futuristic world of the time machine with the sure, Morlocks, I mean... with the Morlocks, and yeah. Twitter, yeah, tro- no, that's... Twitter trolls turned into the Morlocks that live underground and eat the people of Utopia Land. Utopia Land. That's my favorite theme park that doesn't exist. 
Oh, it's on Jurassic World. It's right next to Margaritaville. Margaritaville. I hate the world that has Jurassic World with Margaritaville in it. Not cool. That's my only complaint from that whole movie. That's that's the only one. So much so much product placement. Uh, all right, back to Game of Thrones, where there's even more Pepsi ads and Mercedes Benz logos all over Game of Thrones. Yeah, very tastefully done though. The the uh, the Mercedes logo that Grey Worm has on his shield. It's very, it's very, it's very, it's it's inlaid, so it's it it doesn't stand out or anything. It's very subtle. Very Those true. are taking dorks to a whole new level tonight. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. I don't know if you call it dorks. I call it comedy. Comedy gold. Tracy gold. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tra- okay. Tracy All right, gold. let's get started. Where did we start with this season? A Tracy gold reference. That's a dork. I, I, I kept uh, running. I'm, I'm keep running. Uh, well, we'll just take it country by country. That seems to be the easiest way to break this season down uh, by location. Yeah, okay. that's usually how they so, do it. Yeah. So we'll start. Well, where do you want to start? Uh, I guess we could start with the veil. That's that's the. Yeah, we'll start with the veil. Uh, so the end of last season or most of last season saw Littlefinger getting Sansa out of King's Landing after the murder of Joffrey. And she pretty much was framed for that murder by Littlefinger. Well, Tyrion and her were framed. Right. Technically. Yeah. Uh, Tyrion dealt with his imprisonment in his own way. We'll get to that later. But Littlefinger brings her to Winterfell. And... Marries her off to. Okay, he wanted to say Reek, but that's not right. No, Ramsey Snow. Yeah, the other R name, Ramsey, 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 Ramsey Snow, son of Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. Bolton. Well, it becomes Ramsey Bolton in this season. Right. Yes. Along the way, Brienne of Tarth is continuing her oath to Caitlyn Stark, and she's going to find. Well, she sees Sansa and then continues after her to try to save her as part of her oath to to Caitlin, Catelyn Stark, however you want to say it. So, in Winterfell, Sansa finds out about her little brothers who get burned alive. She is told that Reek did it. But in the final episode, we see that he says, or was it the last episode that he admitted that he didn't do it? Or the episode before, whatever, it doesn't matter. It was at some point, yeah, she knows that he did not kill her brothers. They're no, still alive. But he probably would have. Uh, yeah. I don't no. Know. Uh, whatever. I don't think he would have. He was kind of like, if you go back to, if you go back to his whole storyline in the beginning, he was always just kind of a coward. I mean, the guy was cowed by his father and his sister. and He's pretty arrogant. Yeah. yeah, well, he's pretty arrogant, and then he tries to go home, and then he gets gets it shoved in his face and then he tries to take over Winterfell and everything just goes downhill from there. But he gets what he deserves. Like it, it's hard to feel. I don't sympath- think he does. He deserves uh, no, to be castrated. Honestly, like, some of it. Like, yeah. I'll be okay. So he went pretty far, but honestly, it's not like a character that I cared too much about. I hated his character. I found him really annoying. And then he just became just this little feeble little character. It was kind of interesting to see that change. And it was definitely made him more interesting for sure. But he, um, I don't know. I, I never liked Theon Greyjoy or any of the Greyjoys. When he's on screens, you just think, man, he must smell really bad. Well, yeah, I mean, his name is Reek. Right. <laughs> I don't know how. I, how can you get that dirty with just makeup? Like, you have to smell a little bit. Like, they, they, you just rolled around in some dirt, right? Like, they don't, they don't, 
gonna put makeup on that looks like that, right? They don't have smell vision, but when he's on the screen, I feel sick to my stomach. Yeah, there's that episode where he gets a bath. Spoiler! Uh, season four, <laughs> biggest episode ever. Freak gets a bath. <laughs> it was episode nine, directed by David Nutter, don't you know? Everyone's favorite foil, Podrick, goes with Brienne, too. We should set that stage. They're together right now. I like him. He's one of the, like, I'm afraid to root for him, though, because I, I, I want him to succeed as everything, because he's adorable, but everybody I root for ends a horrible death, so. You could just end the sentence at everybody yeah. ends with no, horribly. <laughs> no, no, not everyone. There's a lot of people that I, I really want to die on this show, and they're still breathing, so. I got my way when Jeff, Joffrey died, honestly. I think everybody I got their way yeah. when Joffrey died. I'm sitting here moment. waiting for... Hang on, hang on. Let's get to it. Uh, so Sansa's forced to marry Ramsay, and at that night, she is also essentially... No, not essentially. She is raped by Ramsay, and Reek is forced to watch. And we're forced to watch Reek. So is, yes, Reek react to the 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 injustice of womanhood everywhere. There's so many frustrating parts of that story though that drive me crazy. So Reek or Peon, whoever you want to call it, had two or three opportunities to help Sansa. And he did nothing. Well that only that he didn't do nothing. He out he turned on her. Yeah, like yeah. he told on her. And she so going back, she stayed there when Littlefinger went back to um where did he go back to? <laughs> brain it's not working. King's Landing. King's Landing, thank you. When he went back, he she stayed there and he's like, Be strong, do this, because this is the first step of getting back your home. So she's right. like, Okay, so she's approaching it and over the season she's she's been the biggest progression because season one she was a spoiled little prissy brat. And she's been beaten to the ground every season, more than the season before. Like, you you don't think she, it could get worse than Joffrey. Then it gets worse than Joffrey. And it continues like that. So there's that moment, like, during the whole rape scene, which was so unexpected, which, from what I hear, is not in the books. So, and HBO took that to a whole new level. So it was disturbing to watch. But, like, you're sitting there wanting him to do something. He had total reason and opportunity to do something. And he just stood there and cried. Yeah. Because that's who he is now. Well, but that made the scene even more disturbing and disgusting. Well, he's been programmed. He's totally just brainwashed and programmed to do whatever, uh, Ramsey has said to do that whole torturing. Like he went for how long being tortured by Ramsey, like a season and a half. Yeah. So (laughs) I can't, I can't necessarily blame, Ramsey or um, Reek for not doing anything and taking so long for his brain to start working again. I can because he started showing the empathy and stuff when she's she's talking to him. And now, so that part, okay, I can okay, I'll I'll side with you on that part. Like he's programmed, he's terrified, all that. The second time, she gets the opportunity that if she puts a candle in the window, help would come because Brienne told the women that were in support of the Stark family in Winterfell to do this. So she couldn't get to the tower. So she gives the candle to Reek or slash Theon. And she's like, help me go light this candle. 
Next thing you know, the person who told her that is hanging on a cross, and he went and told Ramsey. Like, but like, are you seriously surprised that he told Ramsey? Like, I can't. Like, it's. I find it hard to believe no, that you're surprised I, by that. I am. You know what, though? Here's the thing. Like, I'm angry about it because she had multiple conversations with him at that point, and there was like a connection. Like, he was starting to see it, and he was. He showed empathy towards her, and he understood that this is wrong. I, you can't say you watched that scene and that character didn't display a sense of knowing right and wrong. Of course he does, and that he always knows that, but he has had that beaten out of him. He doesn't care anymore. He just knows that this is going to cause me harm on my own body or yeah, hers. I can see him just always fearing being caught or... Because he's been caught, like he, he there's a, there's that scene in like whatever season where he he he's torturing him and he like gets free and he runs away and it's just so that he has an excuse to hunt him down again. Like he he believes that there is no other life for him now. This is what he is, and just because Sansa's there, it doesn't change anything. Like when's the last time you saw Sansa? First season, like that's at this point, I don't know, like nine years or something in the storyline or or something like that. I'll, I'll I'll say that seeing her be raped started to trigger it all back to him, like to wake him up. But I but still then don't... his biggest like his biggest flaw happened right after. So I disagree with you. I don't because I think start... he's still I thought scared. He was starting it's to just wake the up. start. Yeah, it's just the start. Yeah, he's still terrified to do anything against Ramsay. The whole the whole storyline was so frustrating. And plus, I think I'm with most of the. We're all Stark fans, and we're tired of watching I hate Sansa. Stark. I'm so sick of watching a Stark get totally beaten down. I'm totally sick of it. S- season five was not for you. No, it was not. <laughs> season That's four all it was. wasn't for me. Season three wasn't for me. Season two wasn't for me, and season one wasn't for me. You still like, had season four. You had Bran. Bran, his storyline didn't end to- terribly. Ugh, I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of seeing the Starks just. Pull the short stick. Well, but because that's... they did pull the short stick, though. <laughs> right, like they, they were they they started a war basically. Like the whole point of the storyline is that this is kind of the Starks' fault. Like they're they're like the catalyst for everything that happens here. Like I don't without, agree with that though. But I without totally Ned don't agree Star- with hold on, without Ned, Ned Stark, Stark becoming the hand of the king, none of this happens. Okay, stop. Okay, I heard I saw a meme on somebody's very misinformed Facebook this week. That said, it all started because Bram was climbing when his mom told him not to. That's what started everything. And it's not true. They were there. uh, Because they wanted to make Ned the hand of the king. Right. And because the other hand died, and that was uh, Caitlin's sister's husband, right? Yes, who was killed. Who was killed. And that's why they were there is to get that letter to Caitlin and then investigate the murder. That's why all of this started. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it all started as after Ned became Hand of the King, he started looking into Robert had a bastard. That bastard That's is, what we're I mean, talking That's yeah, what we're that's, talking about. That's the murder investigation. Like that's why he, the first he, hand he was killed. The, yeah, he find the, the first hand discovered, and this is, um, this is I'll look sister, it up. right? I'll yeah. look it up. Yeah, um, so the first hand died, and he was murdered, and then Ned becomes the hand, and he's taken the thing. Yeah, he begins the investigation, but that investigation starts at Winterfell. Um, the only thing that, like, they were going to leave anyway. Like, the only difference is that Bran and a bunch of the kids are just Bran, basically. Bran and Rickon didn't go. 
That's the only difference. Like, they, they would have gone otherwise, probably. Be- because he saw the Lannisters together. Exactly. That's because, the only they reason they didn't out go. Of a window. Yeah. Right. They would have all died at at the, uh, at the at King's Landing eventually. Yeah, because he would have gotten, like, all the other stuff would have happened. Like, he would have got beheaded. They're still investigating the murder. They would have they probably captured all of his children. Right. And Jon Snow would be the only one left up at the wall. And then the war starts after that. The war starts when Ned gets beheaded. So it all starts with that initial investigation. That I agree with, yes. And that freaking Cersei. Cersei causes everything. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) She is the evilest character on the show. We'll get there in a second. (laughs) We can't can't get that far ahead yet. Um, I can't find it, Danny. I know what you're talking about. No, but that's... Yeah, the, hus- I know. the husband of Caitlyn's sister, uh, sister yeah. who was at the Vale. Yes, uh, they have the the big castle with the hole in the in the floor. The moon door, yes. The moon door, yeah. She, he he was the original hand. He found out about the bastard that that book that Ned was looking through all the time, <clears throat> and then he got killed because of that. And that that's what starts everything. That's what starts the Game of Thrones, essentially. I saw, I saw somebody say something about that book. Remember, because Ned was always looking in the book. Do you think... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Tyrion his name? got to look at it, too. Yeah, he got to look at it, but do you think... Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, God, I suck at the names of this show. Littlefinger? Uh, Jon Snow's friend that's no. with the wildling and the kid. They, he went up to study. Oh, uh, Sam? Sam, yeah, he Sam, didn't go to King's Sam. Landing, though. He He's went going to Old Town. Old Town, yeah. Right, but I don't think that book's in King's Landing anymore. I don't. I don't know where that book. I don't think the book's going to come up anymore. And I also don't. I don't think the book has who the mother of Jon Snow is in it. I don't either. Because we'll uh, get to that. Yeah. I, want, I, I kind of <laughs> I, I want your guys' theories on that. So maybe keep that in the back of your minds. Let's finish with the veil. We're almost done here with with the veil, and then we'll then we'll move to. Uh, I think Dorne. We'll go to Dorne next because that's also where like the least stuff happened. Yeah, also the happiest storyline in the entire season, really, for most of the part. <laughs> Not well for yeah, well, until the for, end. For, yeah, until the <laughs> end. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. Let's all go to Dorne. Yeah, they, they all, nothing really. I mean, they're they're planning their attack on. Uh, or not their attack, but their defense of Winterfell against Stannis Baratheon, uh, essentially, right? That's what they're waiting for. Yeah, for him to come down from where he's staying at the Wall. Ramsay's father makes uh, Ramsay not a bastard anymore. He legitimizes him, essentially, and gives him the last name Bolton instead of Snow, and he's going to help lead the attack, and they got a bunch of cell swords and stuff, and they're or lead the defense against or of Winterfell against the Baratheons and and their magic and just awfulness. Yeah, we'll get to that part too. <laughs> uh, basically, Ramsay's got this woman he's been sleeping with for a long time, and she's jealous of Sansa at this point, and she traps Sansa at, on this tower wall, and Ramsay, I'm sorry, Reek. Slash Theon Greyjoy slash stinky guy with with castration. So just d- dumps her off the wall and we get to see her go splat. That was crazy. <laughs> that was the best part of that whole thing. Though. I'm like, it's about freaking time. She wasn't that horrible of a character. <laughs> no, she kind of was, though. She was a capital B. Yeah, she was she was crazy. She was just as crazy as Ramsey is almost. Right. So yeah. then, but at that, at this is the time that Reek picks to help, uh, cause she did light the candle, right? Or she was on her way to light the candle. She already did light the candle. Right. She was on her way down. 
Right, right. Yes, Brienne was busy with the siege of Winterfell. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so everybody's coming back. Ramsay and, and, and all of them are coming back into the castle. And Reek takes Stansa. They go up to this higher por- portion of the tower and they jump to the outside where there's just snow. No, they don't show anything. They don't show you what's see, there. You see white. I figure there's snow underneath. Yeah, I, I came up with the theory that the Assassin's Creed did it and just jumped right into some bales of hay. And they're fine. They're doing great. In fact. Yes. So uh, you're also led to believe that either they're dead or whatever. Uh, whatever you want to, to assume at this point. They're not dead. I mean, Season finale. That's what you assume. Right. <laughs> okay, so that's Vale. And everything that went on there. So Sansa, this season, I'll say Sansa was, I was starting to like her. Yeah, I liked her this season. I did not like Sansa at all until this season. Yeah, I could not stand her every time she came, especially in the first season. You're kind of supposed to, because you're supposed to kind of side with Arya, and Sansa is the exact opposite of Arya. And Sansa's, and, and yeah, basically. The thing with Sansa in the books, too, you don't really like her because everybody else mentions Jon Snow being gone and missing Jon Snow, their brother, except Sansa. Never once does she ever care what happened to Jon Snow. In the books or the TV show? Because in right. the books, she totally books. Says, mentions it at one point. The books. I don't remember her, you know, as far as I am, she has never once brought up, I, ho- I hope he's okay or whatever, you know. I don't know about that. I like That makes sense, though. That makes sense, though, because Sansa kind of parallels Caitlyn. Like, whereas Arya paralleled Ned. And, and Caitlyn hated Jon Snow. This is what I'm saying. I'm not arguing about it. I'm saying you're not supposed to like her from the start. Uh, it's the same reason why you don't like Caitlyn for hating Jon Snow so much. And, and Caitlyn, at first, doesn't start off to be a great character either, and she kind of builds her way towards redemption, I guess you might say. Like, in the second, third season, you like her more than you did in the first season, and again, because she's a reflection of Sansa, and annoying, annoying wife lady. <clears throat> and she it's her fault that Ned died. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sansa, though, I mean, like I said earlier, I think she is the biggest development between the seasons. Like, her from season one to her to now, like, she's starting to learn how the game's played. But development in what way? Because honestly, it's she was broken down, and now she's being built up. And she's only being built up because Peter Baelish gave her a chance. And now he's gone, and she basically let herself get as defeated as she was before, and just constantly is asking for help. I don't see any progression at all. I see her actually standing up for herself for once, but that should have happened two seasons ago. She was a victim, like, the first three seasons. A complete victim. But I don't think she was a victim in this season because she's starting to watch and learn. And I, I give, I contribute that to Littlefinger because he's kind of teaching her how to, but she's becoming more of a survivalist. She was not a victim in season one. She put that all on herself. Yeah, she, all, everything that happens to her in season one happens to her because of her. But I thought they did a great job. They did a great job in season one, though, because she is like a 14-year-old girl, you know, yeah. and, and that's what 14-year-old girls do. And she cares about 14-year-old girls' stuff, like knights and flowers right. and lemon cakes. Marrying um, little creeps. Yeah, so, but I, I don't I don't agree, because I don't see that, that she's become much, because, Jenny, she spent nearly nine episodes of the season locked in a room. 
Like, how is that at all some sort of, like, like you have literally Brienne of Tarth camped outside of this place this whole time doing nothing while she sits there and does nothing. I'll really. say, I'll say in defense of Jenny's point here, up until she's left behind by Littlefinger, she is progressing. Like, her mood and her attitude are very different. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That whole sequence where she's, like, all gothed up, and she's all, like... <laughs> right, she's just wearing black and yeah. trying to be as... Trying to be as, as cool. womanly as possible. Yeah, and, and that totally worked. But then she gets married to Bruce... Or, I'm sorry, I keep saying Bruce. Um, Ramsey. Ramsey. And she just becomes the same person again. Like, uh, the only... Pr- no. Not exactly, obviously, because you could see that she was fighting to get back to the person she was when she arrived at Winterfell again, or Moat Callan. Where did she... Th- they went... He t- takes her to Moat Callan, and then they go to Winterfell, right? Okay, I think that's how it is. Here, here the... My, she strategically married Ramsey. No, Peter Baelish strategically married her to yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, Little Worm married her. Little Worm threw her under the bus. Yes. Like, right, totally for his threw her own under the bus. Little, little finger, the excuse moment, me. The moment that it, like, happens, that's when, like, his true, I'm a psychopath, comes out. And then she's back to, like, oh, crap, I'm in a bad situation. Well, she never saw that from Littlefinger. She probably still thinks he's a great guy. Yeah. Right. Oh. She, yeah. Yeah. She, he just but helped he, her. I don't he think, saved like, her. she... Right. She... Went into the marriage with Ramsay strategically because of what she learned from Littlefinger. But, but you can't, you can't, you cannot say that she didn't know because there was that whole dinner sequence beforehand where he's just basically doing being Ramsay Snow in a less violent way, in a completely verbal way to reek and her basically making them right. Talk she to each other. she was she was going into that marriage as one. It was the only thing she could do, and. Two, Littlefinger lied to her and told her exactly what she wanted to hear. Like I said, she's learning. I think I think next season she's going to be even stronger, depending on if it was a snow pile under the... <laughs> <laughs> I have to disagree there. She's learning. She was used all her life. Yeah, and I think now, yeah, she's very angry about it, finally. She's just been sad. Like, now she's angry. Now's the point she needs to start acting and get her Jean Grey on. Like, just do something. Like, you got Arya's storyline going on, and she's just fueled by the death of her family, and Sansa's just been carted around for five seasons. I, I don't, I don't want to say, like, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, like, I have a lot of stuff about Sansa, but I just don't think with, like, a, a show and a book series with that has a lot of strong female characters, she's given way too much attention. Yeah, she would be the weakest, I would she say. She is the weakest. <laughs> like, what's her face? Lo- like, even the... Lolly. Even the- or whatever her name is, that Sam is uh, involved with. Yeah, she was more powerful, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say even uh, Missandei or whatever. Melisandre? Uh, no, no, Danny's handmaiden. Oh, absolutely. Has way more power. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, all right, so we'll, dis- we'll agree to disagree. The little on the kid Sansa. in the Night's Watch has more power. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a girl. That's brutal. That's not a girl. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, Podrick Close. has more power than Sansa. If you want to go that route, Podrick is awesome. Don't, don't knock. Okay, Podrick. so are we leaving? The, are we leaving Winterfell? We're, we're leaving. leaving the yes, Vale. we're leaving Vale and uh, Winterfell. Yes, we're leaving that. Well, because we'll come back to Winterfell. But uh, let's go to Bravos actually, because there's little action there. Not a whole lot happens in Bravos. This is the Arya storyline. She shows up in Bravos and begins to train with the faceless men, Jaqen 
what did I say his last name? Hagar? Yeah, whatever. Joaquin Hagar, I think. He is back. He reveals himself to be back, or is he? Or is he? (laughs) Uh, Right. Uh, She starts training, and she discovers that they have all these heads in this this building. Faces. Yes, all the faces. The people would come there pretty much to die. Like, one girl, she actually helped a girl commit suicide at one point because she's, like, ill or something, and she's, like, terminally ill, and she says, you know, this will help, and she dies. Uh, it all leads, I mean, I don't know, tell me if I'm just going too fast for this. It seemed like they stretched out a lot just to get to this ending. Because nothing really happens until the last two episodes with her storyline. Yeah. Uh, she learns that she plays the game of, what is it, the game of truth? Or the game of lies or whatever it is? Uh, the game of with, faces. The game of faces, yes, with Jack and where you, Jock and where you, you tell a lie and, or the truth and a lie and you're supposed to find, he's supposed to tell you if you're lying or not. And she finally gets good at it, but maybe, I don't know. She gets her first mission, which is to kill a man at the harbor while posing as an oyster merchant. But when she's going there to either do reconnaissance or whatever she's doing, she sees that uh, Marin Trant, uh, Sir Marin, we'll say. The first name on her list. Yes, the first name on her revenge list that she repeats over and over all day, every day. He shows up because... (laughs) The the dude from Naboo is also there because that's where all the money oh, right, is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is a guy from Naboo. <laughs> Some congressman from Naboo yes. shows up to Bravos because that's where all the money is, and they need money, and they sent him because he's super annoying. And the bank is led by um, what's his face, Marketis, uh, from Doctor Who and Sherlock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Mark is it? I, I forgot his name. Anyway, the guy, the the, the guy who plays Moriarty and uh, Moriarty? No, his brother. Who's what's Sherlock's brother's Mark name? Mark Gatiss. Yes, thank you. That's the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry for that uh, tangent. This is my life. Weird. Okay. Uh, so back to Bravos. Yes. So, uh, Marin shows up and immediately becomes the most disgusting person in Bravos. Yeah, turning away, (laughs) turning away a few uh, ladies of the night, saying they're not young enough, and then finally gets a child. And meanwhile, uh, Arya is witnessing all of this, and she sees her quote unquote in. So she doesn't kill anybody the first day. Comes back to the the house of the faceless men and says uh, it wasn't time, or she needs another day. It'll be tomorrow, and she's gonna kill this dude. But instead, she goes to kill Marin and just repeatedly stabs this dude. Oh, so many times. <laughs> Starting with the eyes. <laughs> so satisfying, honestly. Like, it, it's like, the, it's some of the most brutal violence, but against that guy, I'm like, yeah, you know, all right, this is great. <laughs> yeah, this is number one on her list? Yeah. Wow, yeah. all right. Jeez, this is only going to get worse. <laughs> and she uses the, the, the faceless, you know, what they use, so she, she looks like a different person. Yeah, they don't really talk about that part much. They, how she learned how to do that? Yeah, or, the, the the effect is awesome. That's for sure. Yeah, because when she when yeah, because when she returns to the the home of the faceless men, she's confronted by uh, Jack and, and the the other girl that's there that told him she's not ready, and so there has to be a sacrifice. So he kills himself apparently, but then <clears throat> from behind he comes walking back up in the form of the girl again. But now it's Jack and. And she takes the face off with the cool effect and just repeatedly takes faces off, 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 off. And then finally it's her face. And he says that Jack had never existed. 
or something along those lines. And it could have been anybody really knowing that they have this faceless thing where they could be whatever face they want. Mm -hmm. And she is stricken blind for her disobedience, apparently. And that's, that's that's all for Arya. (laughs) Yeah. That's the end of her storyline. So Dave, I don't or Jenny. I don't know if you've watched a lot of Buffy, but that moment felt so Buffy, like end of a season <laughs> Buffy to me, like or end of an episode into a second episode. Like you know those episodes they did after the season finale all the time, where it was just like a weird right. tangent, like a, like a little side story. It felt so much like that. Like it just, I was just like, what is going on in that sequence? It is the most confusing part of the whole finale. I was. I don't know. What... It's the what? What did it, it's the thing that you were waiting for since you meet Jackin and he starts talking to her all so long ago, however long Gives that was. The coin. And then, yeah, the right. Falar Margulis. Right when she shows up to Bravos and takes that boat taxi right to that building, and I'm like, oh sweet, it's gonna happen. And you know she has to wait, obviously, and then she gets to go inside, and then she starts the training, and then you're like, yeah. And we still have no idea how this happens or what they're doing. But they can change their faces and their their height and all of this other garbage. And yeah, and now she's blind. The end. Okay, so our tally system for the Starks is Sansa just got raped and jumped off of a building. Yes. Arya got to kill her first on her list, but now she's blind. Mm-hmm. So again, Success. I don't like watching this show because... T- tip the scales. I... Tip the scales. She did get one revenge kill. She did get one. But a super good one. Her list? Very long, but technically it already has two names taken off of it because the mountain, or not the mountain, uh, the hound is dead. <laughs> yeah, so she has two. Yeah. yeah. And a few of the people on her list, I think, are also dead, but not because of her. She doesn't know it. Yeah, she does not know that, though. <laughs> okay, any other comments on Bravos or Arya? No, it's like, no. I was a little bummed. It's a little, it was my favorite, like, it's what I wanted the whole season. Like, if the whole season could have been just that, and I watched that, that would have been enough for me, but... I, I was really little, you know, a little bummed that it wasn't I'm enough. Opposite. Really? I, I was, love Arya. I was the opposite. I thought it was I, – I love Arya too, but I thought that that storyline went way too freaking long. Yeah. Like I say, they stretched it out. It's so – it's it's very long, and it's her by herself basically the whole time, so there's not a lot of her interacting. And my favorite thing is her interacting with other people because she's a little snot, and it's awesome. But um, <laughs> if I heard her scream oysters one more o- time, oysters, though, would... shuckles, and clams. <laughs> Wait, is that more annoying, or uh, is the lady in in King's Landing that's following Cersei yelling? Uh, oh, what is she saying every time she rings the bell? Yeah, um, shame, um, shame, shame, yeah. shame, 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 <laughs> ding. Yeah, <laughs> two two bells, shame, two bells, shame. No, it's oh. it's it's shame. Shame, shame, two bells. Shame, yeah, that's shame. It. Yeah. I, I noticed. Oh. You guys were paying way more attention than I was. Because it never ended. <laughs> that scene going. Going. <laughs> It was even better to listen to all the people call her, like, terrible, terrible things on the side of the Right, or, or naked dudes jumping out yeah, farther. Yeah, like, just, just random random male genitalia flying out at me. Like, I didn't need that. <laughs> uh, speaking of male genitalia, let's go to Dorne. All right. Uh, <laughs> Where this season we got introduced rather meekly to the Sand Snakes. That was really disappointing. Oh, because they were awesome. Yeah, I wanted them. There was just not enough. Uh, they didn't do enough. Yeah, every time they showed up on screen, it was great. But To be honest, they didn't do anything. They had one year. fight. Yeah, they had one <laughs> <Right>. fight. <laughs> and it was very short. It was about five minutes long. Because I, I didn't gotten that part in the book yet. And, and Jenny talked all about, like, she got me amped up for the Sand Snakes when we did the preview show. And... 
they were awesome to start with. I'm like, yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And it turns out, no, that was it. Well, that's the first time we see them, though. Do they, they could come back in the next two seasons. It feels like um, in the books, does does she hit on Bronn really hard like that? That was awesome. That was great. I like <laughs> them together. <laughs> that was cool. That entire sequence was great. I liked that scene a lot. Yeah, she was. She's my favorite of the Sand Snakes. She was so awesome. Uh, which one? Let me let me get their names real quick. Uh, she was. Uh, what's it? Tyene. I think is her name. In Dorne. All right. Yeah, there's Tyene, Nymeria, uh, Obara. Yeah. How do you say the the mother's name? Is it Eliara? Which one is the mother? The the super witch. No, oh, I know. Who, the one was married like, to Oberyn. Aria. Yeah. Ario. Yeah. No. It's like Elria. Let's see. Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. Elaria. Ex- excuse me, George R. R. Martin. Can you maybe make more complicated names? I oh, remember so- John and Arya because they're easy names, and that's why I root for them. Well, there's Danny, Cersei, Jamie. Those are easy. Gilly, Bron. Bob. I think there's uh, a Bob yeah. at some point. <laughs> Sam. Bob. Sam. There's no Bob. I know. I was just throwing <laughs> one out there. But Sam. Sam. That's an easy Sam. Name. Yeah. Like a lot of the people who have weird names are from. Not Westeros. Westeros seems right. to have pretty simple names. Anyway, anyway, let's get back. Okay, so we're in Dorne. Uh, the reason why we're in Dorne is because the Lannisters receive a threat. There's a snake thing with a letter, uh, something in it. It's it's the daughter's necklace. After Oberon is murdered by the mountain. Right, the Viper is brutally killed in his fight uh, last season. And... It, it, in their first act of retaliation, they send this this snake thing with yeah the necklace that was being worn by uh, Cersei and Jamie's daughter, Marcella. M- What's her name? Marcella. Marcella. All right. Most, most of this conversation is going to be us trying to pronounce names. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. I have all the names here too, so we'll, we'll be good. Uh, so and you still can't <clears throat> pronounce them all. No. So she sent. Cersei sends Jamie to go get their daughter, and he recruits Bronn from uh, what looks to be an annoying marriage. Who is by far my favorite character. Bronn. Yeah. So you know. Right. Bronn and anybody is a good pairing. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they travel to, to Dorne and have some fun scenes together. Uh, Bronn trained Jamie to fight with only one arm, or his other arm, I should say, after he lost his hand. So they have a little bit of history there. Plus, Bronn and, and Tyrion were good friends for so long. Uh, so yes, they head to, to Dorne and they sneak into this castle to, to rescue Marcella, who's being held there, uh, probably by, against her own will because of what happened to Oberon. Uh, but no, it turns out she's happily engaged to Tristane, who is Oberon's son. Yes. <laughs> who she really loves. And it's actually very happy in Dorne now. That's to be having a great time. She's kept prisoner in the water garden. <laughs> yes, she's the happiest character of this book series. The whole series. <laughs> she is living life and just happy until, of course, uh, life comes back. <laughs> Jamie returns to Dorne and ruins her life. Basically, yeah, she would have been fine. <laughs> Everything would have been fine. I don't think that's, she wouldn't have. that's not true. I don't know. That's I don't not true that, at all. I don't think it could have gone as bad as it did if he hadn't shown up. I think it, I think it escalated very quickly because of that, because of his... I think it would have ended exactly as it ended. Yeah, Illyria all along was going to kill her. Probably. Do you think she's going to be executed now? 
I don't know, because Doran is Oberon's older brother, and he's in a wheelchair, and he's got this cool dude with a big axe thing yeah. as his bodyguard. He's got a cool man. Uh, is a dude at his side. Uh, he learns of everything. First, he puts Jamie and Bronn in jail, and then interrogates Jamie while Bronn stays in jail and has that encounter with the with the uh, the Sand Snakes, which is cool uh, and and just hot. Uh, except for the poisoning part, that's not fun. But yeah, in the jail, we see that she poisoned Bronn, and that there was this 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 cure when she she kissed them, right? And yeah. That's how she got the poison on him. Mm-hmm. And she had this this cure, and she had he had to say that she was the most beautiful woman in the world or something, and he gave she gave him the cure. So we we experienced that early on. And uh, anyway, Jamie talks to Doran and learns about the message, and then finds out that Alaria sent the message to King's Landing. Um, finally, he allows Bronn and Jamie to take Marcella back to King's Landing, but under the condition of taking Tristane with, and that he has to be on the small council at King's Landing. And everybody agrees, and hunky-dory, we're going back to King's Landing. Woo-hoo! Yay! Uh, <clears throat> on the boat. She has this lovely, touching moment where she knows that Jamie's her father, and she's happy. There's a lot of, like, uh, father moments in this season. <laughs> that don't end well. No, never, <laughs> ever. Don't ever talk uh, to your father. <laughs> All of a sudden, she starts bleeding from the the nose and the ears and probably the eyes and and essentially. Well, you forgot to you forgot the point though. When they're getting on the boat, they're all saying she pledged herself to Jamie, the the mother of the Sand Snakes, who I can't pronounce or remember her name. Alaria. Alaria has to pledge in order to stay in good graces with the king, and then as they're leaving. She's saying goodbye. She's showing them respect, and she grabs the daughter and kisses her. Then they get on the boat, and right, we see she all confesses to Jamie that she knows that Jamie's her father, and Jamie's all excited, and then her nose starts to bleed, and then she falls over. Yep, but then we cut back to Dorne, and we see that Alaria is bleeding as well, and she gets the cure thing, and she's happy for now. <laughs> here's, my th- here's my flaw with this, though, and I can't figure out who the, the prince is. Is that her son, or is that that's that's the that's son. the wheelchair guy's son? Okay, because Doran, yeah, he's he's on the boat with Jamie still. Yeah, and like, his so she wife basically just sacrificed died. him. <laughs> yeah, and his wife just his died. Yeah, fiance just got killed. I don't think they're married yet. Well, I know, yeah, but you no, know what I mean. no. But basically, the love of his life is dead because Bron's gonna Bron's gonna know what happened. Like he's the only one that would know. Oh yeah, of course he's gonna look at it and be like, oh. <laughs> He knows exactly what it is. And we're not going to see that because that's what the show does. They cut out all the parts everybody can infer and just be like, remember when you told me about that? Right, yeah. You're <laughs> supposed to, they, they assume you're smarter than a lot of these people are. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we can move on from Bravos. Yes? Or, yes. Uh, yeah, from everything. Dorne. Excuse me, from Dorne. Uh, let's go to uh, Stannis' situation. So we're going to the wall. We'll start at the wall and then end in wall- Winterfell. Um, then can we go back so Stan- to the wall? Or are we waiting to the end for that? Well, I'll let you decide. Okay, go ahead. Well, let's let's go to Stannis Baratheon is at the wall. He's trying to recruit men to attack Winterfell and take that over because he still believes he's the rightful heir to the throne. Which technically he is. Technically well, he keep is. Keep in mind, they still have all the wildlings from the previous fight that they captured. So there's right. a prison full of wildlings. Right. Season four ended with the big fight on the wall with the wildlings and the giants and 
uh, Mass Raider, pretty, the yeah, Kingdom. Pretty, pretty clearly, the the Knights of the the Knights Watch did a good job of defending it, but a lot of them died. Mm-hmm. So the season starts with Jon Snow going into the woods to talk to Mance Raider, and then that's when Stannis shows up. Stannis brings Mance Raider back to the wall and essentially wants to to, to kill him for treason. Uh, starts burning him alive, but then Jon Snow shows mercy by th- shooting an arrow through his heart. But I'm getting on the wrong topic here. Uh, basically, Stannis is, is there trying to recruit for the army, his army, so that he can take over Winterfell again. He actually goes to, to Jon Snow to see if he can come and ride against them as well. <clears throat> we get a touching moment with, with Stannis and his daughter, Selyse. That scene made me cry. <laughs> yeah, Shireen, who's got, what is that, the stone uh, disease? Uh, yeah, stone skin, I think it's called. Stone skin. Yeah. She's the, the most adorable person on the planet. Cutest girl ever. Cutest little uh, girl ever. <laughs> right. That actress is amazing. She teaches cause... a man to read. Right. <laughs> It's adorable. Is that Sam? No, it's, or no, uh, it's uh, Sam knows how to read. Are you kidding? Right, um, right. Sam's the one that it's. Um, it's uh, the it, Onion Knight. The Onion. That's, that's his <laughs> name. They call, they, call him, they call him the Onion Knight all the time in the book. I can't remember his name because he's a pirate yeah, or he, something. He, like he was the, a, the story Davis is, is that he, yeah, Davos. 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 Davos Seaworth. Davos, yeah. Davos Seaworth. A much better name than the Onion Knight. But he's called the Onion Knight because <laughs> he sneaked in onion, snuck in onions, and right. Yeah, I can go. I know the whole story. Yes. Yes. Davos. Davos is uh, Stannis's like right hand until Melisandre shows up, and then she kind of takes over for him. Uh, kind of pushes him to the side because Stannis then kills uh, this old man who's like their 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 church person. I forget what they yeah, call him. Yeah, this is way books. back. The Septon. Right, right. Yeah. That's the past. Yeah, the Septon. <clears throat> so yes, there's a nice touching moment with Stannis and Shireen where you think, oh man, this guy's actually a decent dude. This could this could work. Then you forget that he's also. Uh, hooking up with the girl with smoke coming from her vagina and shadows worse, not smoke we're shadows whatever i don't care what it is it, it should not be coming from there probably not probably not <laughs> uh just evil person or is she because of what is it king's blood or there, something king's blood has power yes king's blood has power so she tells stannis that she he needs to sacrifice shireen so that the god of light is favored on his side right? because something. they're currently being hammered by a hard winter and they won't make the march and like half of them oh, yes. have deserted winter winter is not coming it's here it's it's all uh, up on them all up on them yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh so yeah he has that moment with shireen where you think it's going to be okay but then he sends uh davos away davos tries to take shireen with him to the wall to get uh, more soldiers but he doesn't let him uh, clearly, he's sending Davos away because he knows Davos would fight against him in this decision. And Davos feels something coming. He was mostly just trying to get her out of there because the siege is about to happen and he didn't want her anywhere near it. But anyway, Davos leaves her with the, the stag, a uh, little little toy. Which the actress, um, funnily enough, gets to keep. I saw a little Twitter thing she posted and she got to keep that horse. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Yeah, so he does it. Stannis burns her alive, and we get this oh, scene. Oh, my God. We get this scene where she's she's screaming no. We don't see her die, That's, but we hear her. Yeah, that's screaming. We definitely hear her die, because it hurts when she stops screaming. Like, then you know it's over. Oh, yeah, because she's uh, screaming the whole um, time. Just that whole part, she's just screaming, Father, no, over right. and over again. And you're just like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm telling you, this kid 
kid actors today. Genius. Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> just killing it. Yeah. She was, she was amazing in that. She's screaming so loud and it sounds so believable. Like, like it sounds like, I, I like when they showed the, like, you know, the previously on Game of Thrones and they show the little clip of her burning and you hear the little bit of her screaming. I immediately felt exactly the way I felt when I watched that scene for that, just because of that one little second of her screaming. Uh, it is so intense. It, it, it was one of the most, so it's one of the and, hardest uh, scenes to watch. Yeah, uh, Celise, uh, who's the wife, the mother of Shireen, actually, she's the one that really put Malassandra in Stannis's camp here. Yep, and it's probably directly responsible for this action happening because she's right. She's it. the only one that breaks and tries to fight it, uh, but they stop her from sh- trying to stop the fire. Uh, she kills herself. She ends up hanging herself uh, the next day before the big fight, and then he finds out, I'm sorry, Stannis finds out that all his swords and troops have deserted him in the middle of the night, he's got, like, nothing left. They took all the horses, there's, like, a fraction of the troops. Yeah, so they have to march on foot to Winterfell. Right, and they just get completely surrounded. Uh, They're easily defeated by the Boltons. (laughs) Just squash. They don't even bother to show it. Like, Game of Thrones is pretty good at showing battle scenes, they just skip it. Everybody's no, they just yeah. jump <laughs> jump ahead like a bad VHS tape, and you see dead bodies laying everywhere. And people scouring the fields and killing people still alive. Right. And then we find Stannis still fighting back, does a pretty good job of trying to stay alive until he meets Brienne. That was awesome, though. I She's the perfect person I to find it. him. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I, I still don't think she should have been the one to kill him. But anyway, I don't think that's... she oh, killed I do, because... Because he, she was the protector of his brother that he killed right. with the shadow thing. Yeah, yeah. I, still, I, I think she I, was totally legit in doing it. I'd st- it should have been Davos. Davos, oh, yeah. though, but that doesn't make any sense. Davos would kill him for letting him. No, Davos wants kill to kill Melisandre because Melisandre well, yeah, is the problem. That doesn't matter. He still, I still think he should have killed him. I, d- I don't think so, honestly. Like, because I'm reading the book, and the book goes way more into the detail between Davos and Stannis, like the relationship between the two, and and he's too loyal to him. Like, he doesn't want to. Like, Stannis, Stannis gave him a new life, like basically, and uh, yeah, but then he also killed Shireen. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess. I think he would have killed him for Shireen, because he was so close to Shireen. I don't I don't think... Like you just said, like you just said, she taught him how to read. <laughs> I know, I know, it's so sweet. I mean, she, he should be the one to kill him, but it's it, it makes more sense for it to be... Brilliant. I think it depends on the time frame. If if Davos knew that he killed the daughter before the, the thing, he, he would have totally killed him. But he wouldn't have known. He would have made it back to Winterfell and, or back to the Wall and then come back. So he wouldn't have killed him because there wouldn't have been no way of him physically being in the places where he needed to be for the information he needed to have. Right. We can all agree that Mike he should have suffered more. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's just agree to that and move on. So Stannis then is apparently killed by Brienne. We don't know. We don't see a lot of people die that are supposed to die, <laughs> apparently. Oh, yeah. Nobody actually uh, – you never actually see – the end of a death of this episode, I feel like. You cut away before it ever happens, which is... Yeah, there's no brains being squashed. <laughs> you just see her You just see her getting ready to swing, and then the next time you're going to see her is The Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then and then Star Wars immediately after. <laughs> oh, Stormtrooper, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so I'll let you guys decide. Do we go to Marine or the Wall? What should we end with? I think we need to go to King's Landing. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, King's Landing. I'm sorry. King's Landing. I have it in my notes. I thought we did it already. Okay, yes, King's Landing. We're running out of time. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Okay, so Lancel Lannister returns, and he's a member of the Sparrows. The Sparrows are this, like, militant religious group uh, in the King's Landing. Dedicated to the Seven. Right, right. Cersei loses control of Tommen, the king, uh, because he's married Marjorie, and she's giving it up daily and nightly. No, just kidding. Uh, it's just a joke. No, she is. It's not, it's not <laughs> right. a joke. That's literally how she's cast the power over him. It's like right. the whole storyline between the two of them. Uh, and Cersei, to get the control back, basically uses the sparrows uh, to to imprison Marjorie's brother, and then actually Marjorie herself for lying about uh, the homosexuality of her brother, saying she didn't know, mm-hmm. or that he he wasn't there essentially lying. And then they, they catch her, they catch her in the lie. lying on a trial. Yeah, yeah. So she's in prison. Tommen can't get her out. We don't see her for, uh, like, the rest of the season, essentially. Yeah, and he goes full... We saw like, her briefly in the cell. Yeah, he, he yeah. goes, like, full Veruca Salt at, at that point. Mommy, I can't get yeah, my right. wife out of prison! <laughs> right, backs down completely you know, from the Sparrows. Just, like, like just, just a kid. Just oh, a little kid. <laughs> okay, you guys do whatever you want. I'm just gonna go back to my castle and my mom. I guess I'm gonna play tetherball uh, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, and then Cersei ends up getting imprisoned as well because of charges of adultery and incest, um, incest, which is, uh, we're, we're told from the conversation in Dorne, legal in Dorne, but not in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her name says that, uh, Alaria has that conversation with Jamie. Yeah, and that's what you, that's what you, you're led to think that he, she's on his side now because of that conversation. Right. Like, oh, I, you you would have been totally fine. I totally understand why you were nailing your sister. <laughs> I totally get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Cersei is then imprisoned and just treated just so unfairly. Oh, yeah. God forbid Cersei gets punished at all for the thing she's done. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, she, yes, her only way out of prison at this point. Uh, well, let's not forget Littlefinger is back, too. Uh, and he's his his place was all raided and stuff and. By these sparrows. And that's kind of the end of his plotline. Right. Yeah. All of his uh, brothels were raided by the sparrows. Well, it's not completely over, though, because it kind of, like, hinted that he's pairing up with Marjorie's mom. Oh, I didn't mean, yeah, I didn't mean, like, I didn't mean, like, over, over. I just meant in the season, he kind of just stopped, like, he stopped being on yeah. screen Yeah, but that's that. a huge, that's a huge transition, though. True. That's where he kind of leaves the season. Isn't that her, that's her grandmother, not her mother. Grandmother, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. Queen of Thorns, as they call her. Right. Yeah, the the female version of uh what's that dude's name? Uh Varys. Oh yeah, kind of, yeah, a little bit. But Okay. So Cersei, the only way she's gonna get released is if she confesses about her adultery, um, and her incest, which she doesn't say Jamie, she says it's with Lancel. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that happened as well. It did. Uh yeah, season one. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So she's just you know, I guess Tyrion's the only one that's not getting any. Well, that's the thing. Like, they talk about that in the books way more, is that she, that's what she does, apparently. Oh, whatever. Like, that's, like, a thing she does. Oh, whatever. She, uh, that's that's what they did back in those days. Remember? Yeah, back in Game of Thrones days. Everybody was doing their sister. <laughs> yeah. In the South, it's still Game of Thrones days. Oh! Easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> All right, uh, so she has to confess and walk naked through King's Landing. 
After getting uh, her hair cut naked. off. That hair cutting scene was like, looked genuinely violent, and I would believe that she was actually bleeding after that. <laughs> Did you see how yeah, hard it, that lady was pulling her hair? It was crazy. It looked bad. Yeah, it looked real bad. Uh, I'm not in many lady fights. Uh, do you guys often pull your hair? Does that hurt a lot? The bad fighters pull hair. Right. <laughs> yeah, you just try to punch. The ones that don't play by the rules and have no other moves pull hair. Right, right. Okay. Uh, so she's marching through King's Landing, all proud and naked. Shame, and shame, shame. Almost, ding, ding. Almost right, right. <laughs> ding, ding, indeed. Uh, naked men jumping in front of her. The and sea word vegetables. a lot, a lot of the sea uh, word. <laughs> again, proper language back in those days. Yes. Game of Thrones language, <laughs> yes, yeah. Or, or in England today, right? Yes. Um, Blimey. So she makes it all the way to back to the castle. Where she is greeted by the mountain, who has been Frankenstein. Yeah, crazy. I knew that. I like. I knew that they were. They've been do- working on that the whole season. Like there was that scene where right. like the alchemist guy or like the dark maester or whatever we're supposed to believe he is. He's like a, right, who's a necromancer. A, yeah, who we're not supposed to like, and she's not supposed to be using in the city in this uh, the circle or whatever. Because he's, he's not. Right. Yeah, he's like been barred from the citadel or something like that. Well, yeah, because he's using dark magics yes. and all that stuff, and so he's but he's on the small council now. And now the mountain is this demon type thing who's all blue underneath the, the mask, and he's taking a vow of silence. Yeah, which they mention at the end of the fourth season. They mention that like I could, he will be different. Right. They showed that in the in the previously yeah. on Game of Thrones. Thing, <laughs> yes. So you knew that was coming back. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> That's the worst part about those. Like The Walking Dead's the worst at that. You know exactly what's gonna like what story is coming back. True. Although they that, they used episode. the uh, previously on to throw me off of one thing. Um, I, when we get to it, it will, we haven't talked about it yet, actually. So, Oh, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Uh, so the mountain is Frankenstein. He's taken a vow of silence. He picks her up and he's taking her into the castle. And that is it for King's Landing. Unless I missed something. Nope. That's it. A lot of shame. <laughs> shame well, and bells. Shame, bells, genitalia. Giant Frankenstein mountain. Yep. That's how it goes. That's, that's King's Landing uh, for you. <laughs> and mountain is that way because of his fight with the Viper last season. Well, yeah, the Viper... Like he did a lot of damage to him. He should. Well, he thought dead. he won. He thought that's he was why. Dead. Yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. That's that was the fall of like. Okay, now, <laughs> now the wall. Do we end this this review at the wall or at Marine? We have to do both. Yeah, we have to do. Well, both. no, we're gonna do. We're gonna do both. Epic, yeah, we're the gonna two do most both. Epic episodes are about both of those locations. Yeah, yes. we're gonna do both, but I need to know which one do you want to end with. Uh, I say we start with the wall and then. Go on. All right. I think we should do it just like the episodes. Because Marine. The wall and then we Mar- saw the dragons. There wasn't much Marine in the finale. No, there was not. Um, so that'll be easy okay. to end. So the wall, uh, like I say, uh, Jon Snow was going into the woods to talk to Vance Raider. And then Stannis shows up and brings them all back to the wall. And Jon Snow, prom- or he's promised legitimacy from Stannis and rule of Winterfell if he would ride with the Boltons. He turns it down, and then he's voted the the commander of the Night's Watch. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't either. That was that was weird. He's going to take over, and Sam is essentially being trained to be the new Maester. Yes, in this season we do lose we do lose. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Um, what's the name of the Maester? Aemon. Aemon Targaryen. That's that's in this episode, isn't it? That's in no. But he dies like oh. episode eight, I think. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So he he's he's gone. Which then, anyway, we'll get there. Uh, so Jon Snow sees a way to help 
uh, win a war against the the White Walkers, or he knows he needs help from the Wildlings, and the Wildlings and the Night's Watch have been at war forever, and to pr- propose some kind of allegiance with them is treason to most, if not all, of the Night's Watch. Well, but, yeah, because they just killed a bunch of the Night Watch. Right, right, but wisely, he knows he needs their help because they're just vastly underwhelmed and when it comes to... And he is completely right. Oh, yeah. yeah. For uh, sure. So they, they travel to Hard, Horn, Hard Home, Hard Home. Um, which is the home of the Wildlings, right on the, the dock of the bay. Uh, Sitting on yeah, the I knew dock that was coming. of the bay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. I set him up for it perfectly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so they show up, and he actually works out an agreement with the Wildlings to bring them back to the wall and have them live just south of the wall and, and help fight uh, the 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 White Walkers that that are coming because winter is coming. Well, uh, it'd be and it's genius because if they're not on the wall side, they're going to be on the White Walker side. So yeah, which they didn't know until the White Army attacks Hardhome, and we see that everyone they kill they raise again. What we also learn is that Jon Snow's sword, Longclaw, is made of Valyrian steel, which can kill White Walkers, which we had previously thought was only the, whatever, whatever Sam used. Dragon Dragon glass. The dragon stone. Yeah. yeah. Dragon glass, yeah. Yeah. They had, he had a couple, like seven pieces of it that he brought with him to show them. Yep, like a dagger or two and like an arrowhead or something. Yeah, yeah. And that was what they thought was the only thing that killed him, and then... Snow finds out that his sword does too, which I think is a big point. Yeah, because they say they show the whole that that White Walker like attacking people and it just destroys their steel swords, just freezes yeah. them and they shatter. Which they, awesome moment. Well, they also showed that in the first episode of the show. Right, <laughs> they had to bring it back. Yeah, they got to right. bring it back. Yeah, uh, very cool moment. the the whole The whole attack on Hardhome was amazing. It's a fan. Uh, it's one of the most breathtaking scenes in television I've ever seen. Honestly, and everybody knows everybody that listens to this show, or at least. Jenny and probably Danny know I have a man crush on Jon Snow. Yes. But when he's fighting, uh, when they they do like the slow-mo, like the gun, the, the bullet time stuff. Uh, like the 300 the, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The slow motion fighting was amazing. It's, like it's, it was so well choreographed. Like it could have been anybody, not even Jon Snow. And it looked great. It looked great. Like he does a little, little sword flip at his wrist. I'm like, yeah, you let's know, do this. You know what it reminded me of is when, um, uh, the, the red bearded guy, the guy, the, uh, the wildling, um, yeah. when they storm Castle Black and that whole scene where he's like going through the trenches and like just taking people out on the, uh, like where the, the archers are. It reminds me of that. They shot him. They shot Jon Snow exactly like they shot him in that scene. Uh, it's just very cool. It's like a low angle. He goes, comes in, he like charges in. It reminds me a lot of that scene in Arrow too, where he smashes the guy's face and on um, three times in the wall. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's amazing action, and that's what I love about the show is that like one second I'll be listening to a fantastic bit of dialogue, like a conversation between Tyrion. From Tyrion. Yeah, just like, like <laughs> right. amazing words just being tossed at me, and then the next second there's just this action sequence that is just gorgeous yeah. and violent Basically. and amazing. Basically, these last two sections we're talking about, it's what you've been waiting for since the beginning of the series. Yes. This attack with the White Walkers, we're finally getting to some thick action with them that they've been hinting slowly at. And we saw a little bit in season two uh, where they go out to to find the Wildlings and they run into the White Walkers and Sam kills the one. Um, and then and then also with what we're going to see in Marine too, uh, dragons. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, so yes, yeah, so there's a big attack, and then we learned that the this this 
after this this face off from Jon Snow and King White Walker that all the dead wildlings come up and they're alive. Or not alive, but they're White Walkers. So not only do you just leave a baby there for a White Walker to become a White Walker, but the dead become White Walkers. Mm-hmm. So their army just grew drastically. Every well, every yeah. person they kill, their army gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. basically it's like the Borg yeah. from Star Trek. It's an insurmountable foe. Basically. Yeah. Uh, resistance is futile, as they say on Star Trek. And um, you will be assimilated into the White Walker. <laughs> yeah, like like that cool chick from Hard Home. She ended up becoming yeah, one of them. Yeah, okay, that, let's talk about that. I know we have to – we've been talking for a while now, but that we need to talk about how brilliant that is because they introduce they really, a character in five minutes. Liked. Immediately you like her. In five yeah. minutes you like her. And then, I don't know. I liked her. Jenny, did you like the, yeah, that chick? They make you... She was my favorite. I was like, because yeah. I like Jon Snow's original chick that oh, got yeah. killed last season. Yeah. And I was like, cool, they found somebody to replace her. And this chick seems even more awesome. Yeah. Confident. Right. I didn't think she was going to be a love interest, but she was awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah. You wanted to see more of her. She had a lot of presence. And you thought you would. Yeah. Because really she had her did. kids there. I'm like, oh, the kids are going to die. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, they're gonna, they, no, they Spielberg it instead. The kids live. Yeah. She dies. Kids, <laughs> kids are orphaned. <laughs> Uh, all right. So then we head back uh, slowly. We watch the boat crawl away from not very far from the dock. No, very slowly. <laughs> Nobody's paddling. It's just kind of right. being taken by the current. They're just they're just staring at it. They know that these things don't need to breathe water, right? Let's move. Uh, so uh, they get back to the wall. He sends Sam away, or you know, to go to Old Town to become the new maester. Essentially, he leaves with Gilly. Uh, basically, Sam Sam has has broken his oath too because he hooked up with Gilly. Well, and they had to leave because the other Night's Watchmen are going after Gilly, so right. it wasn't yeah. safe for her and the baby to be there. Which means it wasn't safe for Sam either, because right. he right. defended he defended them. Uh, and then, like you said, Eamon passed away. So really, now, at the wall, there is no one left on Jon Snow's side. Well, yeah, the guy, uh, what, I don't remember his name, but that, that one jerk commander guy. Um, Alistair Thorne. Yes, Alistair Thorne says it the best at uh, Eamon's funeral. It's just like... Looks like you get less and less friends as the days go by, Sam. Like, because because yeah. John leaves him, Eamon dies. He has nobody there. What's the kid's name though? The kid Ollie. is the biggest. Oh, yeah. Somebody needs to. You didn't see that coming. Sword in him. Ollie being, I did. No, I totally course. saw that. Yeah, coming, they set but that up. He's a yeah. he's a jerk. Yeah, and you could blame Sam for it. Sam gives him the courage to do it. He does. Yeah, that part where he's just like, you gotta do something. You gotta do. You gotta do what you feel is right. And uh, apparently what's right is to stab Jon Snow. <laughs> you can't just go into it like that. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Man. Okay, so here's what happens. Okay, yeah. yeah so here's I want to say that because I know what you were talking about. In the previously, they talk about uh, Jon Snow's uncle. Benjamin Stark, off. which is like one, Stark. Like, which is something that hasn't been mentioned since season one, I feel like. Right. And right. I thought he's they out, completely forgotten about. Yeah, he's out north of the wall. And no one's heard of him, heard or seen from him since. And everybody that was in his party is dead. And this horse just comes uh, back by itself or something like that. Right, right. So we have no idea what happens. And then in the previous season, like, oh, he's back. And then the Night's Watch says, uh, there's a wildling that knows where your uncle is. And so they bring Jon Snow out. He comes rushing. And then they, he sees this big thing that says traitor. And I could not watch after this. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the Night's, they, they, they line up, essentially. Alistair Thorne starts, uh, Throne starts it. Is it Throne or Thorne? Alistair Thorne. It's Thorn, I think. Is it Thorn? Yeah. Alistair's a cool enough name to be a jerk. Yeah. Um, Alistair yeah, Crowley, Alistair for one. Yeah. It's, right. It's not a very positive name. It's up there with Adolf. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> you just don't name your kids that anymore. Yeah, nope. Um they start you know, they say that because because of what Jon Snow has done, he's a traitor for lying with the wildlings, which is a different reason, but similar in the books, I found out. Uh, as to why they do this, they stab him each once, saying for the for, uh, for the watch, yes, for the watch, for the good of the watch. Uh, yes, they all stab him, leading to Ollie, who stabs him at the end, Ugh. and then he co- collapses. The camera goes up on Jon Snow's body, and you see blood pour- pooling underneath him, and then fade to black. And then, uh, and then it cuts to me in my living room going, "What?" <laughs> I was so mad when Ollie stabbed him. I was like, "Screw this kid! Screw this kid! This kid!" He already killed. He already killed John Snow's girlfriend. Right? Yeah. Like, and then thought thought he was the man because yeah. he did it. Right? He's like, "I'm the coolest. I'm the best. I'm a little kid who kills people." Like, I, I, like no. But but I mean, look at it from the kid's side. He's avenging his family. I don't care. He killed John Snow, Dave. This kid's been um, in my life for a season. John Snow's been in my life for five seasons. Who are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> but but the best part about this is leads me to my theory. Okay, do we want to go? Uh, Jenny, do you have anything to say before we start talking about our theories? Well, I, I I you know my theory, but I was just gonna say is this is the biggest thing I've seen on a TV show where a good population of the fans that like the TV show have started to commit to screw the show. I don't even want to watch it yeah. anymore. Everybody. And there's a lot of people That's... doing that, and they're totally turned off by the whole show now. They don't. Like, they get don't want to. I mean, given like, I don't understand. I have to say, I, my reaction was it wasn't. I wasn't going to stop watching the show. Uh, Jon Snow is my favorite character. I thought there were so many cool things about this character, and so many unanswered questions and stories to be told from this character that I thought he's bulletproof. Even though I know, I know George R. R. Martin. I, I know anybody. Nobody's bulletproof. Everybody can die right. except for Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion's bulletproof. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when 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 they showed this scene, and I'm like, "What do I say on Twitter?" Like I'm, I said pretty much, I thought it was terrible storytelling. And I, and until I see what happens, I'm going to say the same thing. I will go back on my word if something else happens based off of this 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 occurrence. Um, I can my mind can be changed, and I can admit my mistake. Uh, I just thought it was weak storytelling. If he if he is truly dead, that's terrible storytelling. Not unless they do something uh, good with it. Like you can't. That's you what can't, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, though, like you can't say terrible story writing at all. Like you can't really because it's. I can. But it has a. You, I can. But you're you're talking about like it, it, this is how you're judging it. You're judging it, but like if you said the ending of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part One isn't satisfying enough, like that's kind of how you're analyzing it. Like it's not done. Well, okay. The time out though. I I'm gonna be the devil's advocate. I totally left the episode two going. It was lame. I thought the. I, I yes. thought it was a grab because. Game of Thrones has now become the shocker. Like, Ned Stark got beheaded. Oh my god, I thought he was the main star. Oh my gosh, the Red Wedding. Oh my gosh, the Purple Wedding. Oh my gosh, the Red Viper. Like, there's all these shocks, and they keep trying to outdo their shocks. That Right after, like, everybody expects Episode Nine to be amazing, because all the other Episode Nines have been pretty... There's a shocking death. The Red Wedding was Episode Nine. Episode Nine is notoriously the biggest episode, yeah. It is. So everybody was really depressed after episode nine from what I was reading on Twitter and such. And I'm like, I was happy because Jon Snow lived. 
Well, I was like, I'm like, and we'll, I'm spoiler to what we're about to talk. I'm like, she flew away on a freaking dragon. I'm like, what do you need to be happy? No, that episode so, was great. I don't know why anybody could complain about episode nine. Is episode one of the nine. best episodes of the show. Episode eight and nine are amazing. People complain like I got in a complete fight with a friend on Facebook about it because he's just like, oh, I thought it was lame, and then. Then this happens, and you have the split thing. A lot of people are just over it. They're, and, but I'm over it for the basic fact that I feel like they're doing these shocking deaths just to do shocking deaths. But that's not true because like, that's how twist he it dies into, like, in the book. Like you can't like the things that you're mentioning and calling them shocks exist already. Well, no, she's saying not just for the TV, but for the book as well. But, but it's just written for shock. But it's not. Yeah, though, it's, is it's, it like I, I feel like that's really. I, 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 th- saying, I feel it does. I feel like saying that it's written for shock is really disserving the storytelling because up until this, de- I, um, up until this point, there has not been one of these deaths that you were annoyed by. You're annoyed by it because you don't feel it's satisfying because you don't think Jon Snow got his ending, right? Mm, no. no. No, I don't feel like it was satisfying for the fact that it made no sense. Like it. How actually... does it not make sense though? Because like you've been seeing the the wash be okay. against him I can answer forever, this. I, the whole time. I can answer. This. Where was his story going to go? He became the commander of the Night's Watch. Like, where does Jon Snow's story go? He either dies exactly. at home. He died. Like, because like what you're talking, like everything that happens to him, but, like you're right, it doesn't work. Like he should have died at hard home, if anything. Like, if you're going to kill him this season, that's probably where he should have died. Um, it doesn't make – but it, I think it's a much better way for him to die to be killed by the people he trusts. I just I just think the whole storyline was pointless. I mean, yeah. it probably will lead into something, and I'm intrigued to see where it goes. But it just – it literally just felt like, hey, we need a big finale. I don't. I, I just don't That's agree what it with felt that. Like to I, don't, me as a viewer. I don't think because they've never done that. Episode ten was never a big cliffhanger. I don't care about the episode numbers. I got in that whole argument too. I'm like, if the if the whole battle with the White Walkers happened in episode nine, people would have been a lot more happier because then that would have been a big thing. But it was ap- it was episode eight, so episode nine didn't lead up to episode eight because episode eight was more epic. Everybody's episode getting nine caught is up epic. On, what is, is that episode battle 10? sequence? To is you? It, like that battle sequence at the end of episode nine is just. What? Nothing? Danny, she's on your side about episode nine. She's saying other people oh, aren't. Oh, sorry. Happy. That's what I was. But the whole like <laughs> I... the whole formula of episode nine has to be of this formula. Episode ten has to be of this formula is stupid. But that's television. And I feel that I feel like this finale was done because they were just like. We need a shocker. We need everybody to I, go, okay. oh my gosh. Okay, I don't because that's where the books led. But, uh, that's not yeah, true. But at I, the I, same time, though, like the argument that you're having is against the format of television in general. Like uh, this is the well, way no. TV goes. Like it always leads up. Like there's always a crescendo. Like any storytelling is okay. up and okay. down. All right. Uh, no, this this formula, the, the Game of Thrones formula is different than most TV because the finale is usually the big episode, not the episode before it. And that's fine. They do it differently. But to just suddenly change it is 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 bizarre. But uh, it doesn't but matter. But did they I change it? Like, it's a really low-key episode, technically. I, technically. Uh, I think uh, you guys, anyway. again, are getting sidetracked about the episodes. All I'm saying is I thought it was a cheap ending. Well, no, you're talking about the formula. That's all I was talking about. I was going yeah, back on well, you talking I, about the formula. The, um, well, the episode formula, I think, is ridiculous. I don't. I think you should go by the storyline, not because. But they did. We have to do this, and I get, and I get that the season finale needs something 
to pull you in next season. I get that. I totally do. I thought this was a cheap way of. I, going. I disagree. If you look with at the argument, purple wedding, well, okay, go ahead, go ahead. the purple wedding, the purple wedding didn't happen in episode nine. Was episode three. Like two. Two or yeah. three, yeah. It yeah. happened very early. So, but the red, the red viper happened next is a night, and it, the, the red viper. wedding did too. The viper, yeah. and the red wedding did, and Ned Stark did. And Ned Stark happens. I thought the last episode. No, it was the episode before oh. the last because the last episode was everybody dispersing. It's been a while. I don't think I don't think you can call it a shock death because it happened in the book, and also because like, it's you can't, like there's it's not like there wasn't stuff leading up to it. Like it's like the tensions between him and the no. the, the Night's Watch are at all, all time high. Real quickly though, I, and I don't know if I'm right or not on this, but I don't think it has happened in the books. No, I think that it has. No, it has forecasted to happen in the book that's currently written. No, it's, no, it's in the book. Already. In the book that happened, like I, like I said, it happened, but in a different way. Right? Isn't it in John Snow wanted? The fifth one? John Snow wanted. Yes. Spoilers beware. Not many. It doesn't really matter. It it's a different ending. Is all. There's a different thing going on with uh, Ramsey Snow where he has Arya and he sends notice to Jon Snow that he's going to marry Arya. And so Jon is going to go down and fight him and he's going to take the Night's Watch with him, which is against everything they believe in because they don't do this. Yeah, they don't go to war. Um, and so for treason, the same reason, they kill Jon Snow. This happens in the book. The same way, too. They stab him and say, for the Night's Watch or for the Watch. Um, so it does happen in the book. Again... He's also been asked many times, George R. R. Martin, is he dead? And he laughs at it. He's like, I'm not going to talk about it. You guys think he's dead? Just, just keep reading. Well, that's what J.K. Rowling did, too, every time somebody died. Again, <laughs> yeah, yes. Let me let me finish my point. All of it is misdirect because Kit Harington is supposed, supposedly signed for season six, but he's also told Entertainment Weekly that he's dead and not coming back next year. It's all misdirection. <clears throat> you don't – you know, you're not going to know until they go in production and you see Kit Harington on set. That's – the only way you're I don't know. Want even to know then, that. it could they be could hide that pretty easily. I hope they do. Right. I'm just in the age of stupid people taking pictures on sets. I mean, I mean, there's a little more obscure. Yeah, they were a little harder. Out. Yeah. And, right. Uh, anyway, let's stop arguing about the, the 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 matter of how he died, and let's talk about real quickly because we got to wrap this up. Uh, theories on if he's actually dead or how he is going to be back or any of that stuff. Uh, I'll let Jenny start because she had a pretty good one. I think. Okay, so. I don't remember what season. It was like season two or three. The Red Witch. I can't remember. Melisandre. Melisandre. Alessandra. Remember there was the guy that got killed in some cave or something. And somebody chants a little thing and he comes back to life. And he cracks a joke that he's got nine lives. Oh, yeah. The guy with the flaming sword. The, the Storm Lord. Yeah. 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 And she looks at him and she's like, you don't have the authority to use that power. Like she has that power. She rolled into the wall right before this happened. She's at the right. wall. Davos, Davos and her are at the wall right yes. now. Yeah, they're at the wall. And she just lost her power grab because, you know. Oh, her, yeah, let's. let's real, just oh, yeah, we didn't talk about so real quick. She, she, did, she did try to seduce Jon Snow earlier, too. Yes. In right. the season. So I have a feeling that her little magical powers will bring Jon Snow back. There's there's but, something there between those two because it happens early, like they yeah. see each other from across the the the, the courtyard, they make eyes. and then right there's something there uh, that was you know the, the, there's more there mm -hmm. I I just feel again that's part of the reason why I think it's bad storytelling if that's the end again let me add that if that's the end that's bad storytelling um, yeah well 
if anything ended the way this ended, it would be bad storytelling. I'm like, like I can't like, I obviously it's not the greatest season finale. I would agree. But I also think it's a good story arc. Like I think I like the fact that he's betrayed. Well, if way. you can't hold on, hold on. If you, if we can't say it's bad storytelling, you can't say it's good storytelling until you see the rest. True. Yeah. But I can say that at this point, I like the finale more than you guys did. I don't disrespect it. I like, Again, again, on Twitter, I was angry with the finale and said it was bad storytelling. The next day, everything but the last five minutes of the episode were great. Yeah, and I yeah, like the I, last I five minutes, that too, too, though. That's that, that's where I stand. I, yeah, I didn't. Well, you, can, you can die. I, just like Jon Snow did. Just like Jon Snow did. <laughs> Danny, you know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon <laughs> Snow. Okay, so that's that's your theory, Jenny. Uh, Danny, what's okay, your theory? Okay, so I, like Jenny, can point to something previously, but it's a little more recently to now are you are you on the side of him being alive or dead? i am on the side of him being undead i am on the side that Jon <laughs> snow will be back as a white walker um because i believe that when the, it, during the hard home battle sequence you're see you see a line of white walker commanders on the top of a mountain watching down below one of which comes down um fights Jon Snow and that's the one that Jon Snow kills and that gets the attention of the King White Walker and the King White Walker stares at Jon Snow for the rest of the, the come at the come at me yeah, bro basically moment basically where he lifts his arms slower than anything has ever moved ever um he lifts his arms all uh Vin Diesel fast and furious style yeah but not as fast because I, I can t- I know what the scene you're talking about with Vin Diesel I feel like the one <laughs> where he raises his arms is like look at all these cars behind me um all these people that cheered for yeah, me. And then, then then the White Walker's like, look at all these zombies with me. Um One mile one quarter mile at a time. This is my family. Um Are these like Jersey? <laughs> yeah, these are Jersey Jersey's? White Walkers. <laughs> this is Vin Diesel. These are Vin Diesel are Vin White Diesel. Walkers. The the Groot Walkers. Um but I, I, the, the way that he's looking at Jon Snow and the, he notices something about him and they and they go and I'm also they pointed that out specifically in the little HBO thing where the writers talk about it at the end. They pointed out like, hey, this guy notices this and he's noticing Jon Snow. But then an episode later, basically, he's dead. So why else would they point out the fact that this guy is noticing Jon Snow as having some sort of power um, above him that he doesn't could it, understand? Could it be just the simple fact of Jon Snow has that sword? The, the, yeah. He's the threat? Or that he's the threat to yes. them? Like, yeah, the, he's yeah, the threat, yeah. and wouldn't it be good if he was no longer a threat and an asset? I just, I, I get where you're going, and it, it is a cool parallel to, to Danny being the dragons and fire yes. and stuff like, like that. I've been trying like, to figure out that. that A Song of Fire and Ice title forever, and that's the only thing sure. I can align it. It's going to be, like I said this to you, and it's, it's going to be Danny and her dragons versus Jon Snow and the White Walkers. Jon Snow and, right, right. It's always felt like it's going to be Danny and Snow for some reason. I, I, like, yeah, to, I've to, had to theories me. like they're going to become married or something. Like right. I've had all of those. Well, my theory, that wouldn't work for my theory because I believe his mother... Because you believe you will marry Jon Snow. No. <laughs> no, because... I'm going to marry Danny. Your storyline totally allows them to still get together because Targaryens have married siblings forever. Sure. Jenny, you haven't heard my theory yet. Uh, I feel that Ned is not his father, that he took over being the parents because he looks, his sister... He has like, like They talk about him looking like Ned a lot, though. That's the only Hush thing. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> because it's his sister. It's his sister. It, she had sex True. with a, a Targaryen. Yes. And I don't I don't agree because I... You can't uh, You can't disagree with my theory. I, 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 well, <laughs> yes, I'm, gonna, I'm going to throw a kink into your theory. Because there's a whole part of the story where Ned Stark obviously loved another woman because there's the whole scene with him and Robert down in the crypts talking about her. And 
it hints that whoever this woman is might be John's wife or mother. John's yeah. mother. And that would make sense of why Caitlin hates Jon Snow is because Ned was in love with another woman and had the bastard Well, that's child. period. It doesn't matter who the woman is. She hates him because of that. Well, can I ask you a question? Why does it matter? Like, I like, I like, I understand why everybody's because, curious. Because the writer, the writer has made it important. But like, there's a lot of stuff that people do with that. Like, sometimes things stay a mystery. Like, like everything in the storyline is bloodlines. True. Everything is bloodlines. Yeah, that's true. And without knowing his bloodline, there's a kink in the whole storyline. So we have to know his bloodline. Right. He keeps bringing it up in the in the books and on the show, uh, not so much as uh, in the book. But he, he's mentioned it more than uh, once or twice. So the fact that he keeps bringing it up, it has to be important. Who, like, who that's the only reason I felt John the importance. Snow? Or George the, R. R. Martin. The writer. Oh, okay. The writer. Yeah, he brings in it the up book. more often in the books. Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah. Jon Snow thinks about it all the time. So, like. Right. So for me, when I read that, I'm like, oh, this is important. They're going to come back mm-hmm. to this eventually. This is going to be a big key thing eventually for something. Uh, whether that's when he's alive or dead, it does, I guess it doesn't, yeah, matter, it doesn't really matter. But it's still it's still important that they they need to tie up that loose end, like polar bears on an island in the middle of nowhere. I just Lost. don't think they're gonna like because like I feel like I feel like everyone's like okay, so like the reaction to the end of this, it feels like everyone's jumping. Well, let's ship not get way back. In, let's not get back into that. Let's not I don't, I'm not going to talk about it. it. It just feels like everybody jump jumping ship like way too soon. Like I don't think this show has committed enough of this lost type stuff to get. Again, none of us on this show are jumping. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't say you were either. I'm just. I'm talking right. about people who have, like the people. The pe- like th- this season pissed everybody off for some reason. There was one thing or another. That's, that's people and everything. They want to react immediately, and it's always to the extreme. It's only gotten worse. It's always too. to the extreme. It's only the extreme bad. Uh, anyway, we need to finish this. <laughs> uh, so we'll go to Marine. I'm gonna fly through this kind of okay. quick. Uh, so there's the sons of the harpy that are revolting in the city. Basically, they're upset with the way Danny is ruling the city. Uh, yes, Danny, I'm talking about. Yeah, you. I'm really bad at running um, the city of Marine, guys. I ran that city to the ground. Uh, clearly, nobody wants to. By the end of the season, nobody wants to run it except for Daenerys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want it. You want it? So the sons of the harpy, the sons of the harpy are revolting in the in their murdering citizens. Uh, they're luring them from brothels and stuff like that. Uh, the un- they kill a bunch of the Unsullied. They kill Barristan Selmy in a very cool fight with him uh, and Grey Worm, the only people left living uh, at the end there. And then Barristan dies. Oh, such a good scene. Uh, this yeah, this leads to Daenerys reopening the fighting pits, but that no men were slaves or something like that that they fought on their own, uh, like reconnaissance, like they they choose uh, cognizance. Uh, Tyrion is abducted in Pentos by Jorah, who brings who's trying to bring him back to. To, to Danny to Daenerys as like a gift to show that he's loyal to her and her only because he's he's been friend zoned and then banished by her. Uh, poor Jorah, he's never going to get there. Um, there, alone forever. Right. Uh, Tyrion becomes Daenerys's advisor and then exiles Jorah again, uh, <laughs> who then volunteers to be a slave of the fighting pit. He ends up saving Daenerys in the fighting pit during uh, a, a huge harpy revolt. Uh, in this the stadium, which is just uh, the cool scene from season nine or episode nine that we were just talking about, uh, when all appears lost and Daenerys is about to just kind of give in to her fate, closes her eyes, we hear the roar and Drogon appears. Uh, the only other time we saw dragons in this season, well, we saw Drogon fly over Tyrion and Jorah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, when they're floating off to Marine. And then we also saw the other two dragons who do not like Daenerys anymore. You keep mentioning this stuff, and it is like you're skipping over such good scenes. Like, we missed so much stuff. I'm thinking about it. I really about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you have to go back to Jorah is also infected with the stone. That scene is thing. amazing. That, like they see the dragon, they get attacked by stone skin people. It's, oh, so good! You finally get to see the stone skins people. Uh, it was really cool. I don't know how they don't sink in the water, but anyway. Uh, so yes, uh, Drogon appears. There's it eats and burns a bunch of of the sons of the harpy and probably just innocent citizens as well because hey, they're in the way. Uh, and then flies off all. Uh, never-ending story style into the sky with Drogon and Danny, leaving everyone else behind to die. Apparently, <laughs> just we out, mic drop done. Uh, and then in the finale, Daenerys is with Drogon, and Drogon doesn't want to go anywhere. He's he's weak and tired and wants to just chill. So she starts walking and is surrounded by Dothraki riders. The Dothraki have returned. Uh, and last we saw them, they were going to kill yes, her. Yes, or take her to, um, I can't remember, what, uh, Dos, Dothraki, uh, and t- to have her take up her place with the old queens of right. Dothraki, the, right. the crones. Which is a, hor- a horrible, horrible yes, way to live. which is shown in this first season, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so left in Marine is Tyrion, Jorah, uh, Dario, and Grey Worm, and Missandei. Missandei, I don't know. Her, her, her handmaiden. Uh Right, right. Uh, names. Um, oh. So Jorah and Dario, the two that are in love with Daenerys, leave to go find her, leaving Grey Worm, Masandi, and Tyrion to run the city. And who arrives to help Tyrion? Varys. What? Who's been absent since Tyrion got kidnapped like seven episodes ago. Right. <laughs> he finally caught up to him. That was the best part of the finale, though, because that whole group of characters are such strong, awesome I characters. loved that scene. And yeah. the idea that you've got Jonah and Dario out Jorah. searching for... Yeah, Jorah. Um, <laughs> I still love that. It's the freaking names, okay? Um, <laughs> that they're out looking for. That right there is an awesome pair. Mm-hmm. And then everybody left to control the city is probably the best council out of all the characters of the show. Like it. Well, it's just the mini. Now it's King's Landing all yep. over again. The yeah. um, the uh, the little moment where. But as you know, though, Tyrion can rule. He did an awesome right. job when he had control of King's Landing. Right. Um. <laughs> I thought Danny was wasn't oh, Sorry, I zoned out that. for a second. Um. Yeah, but there's that. I love that moment where um, where Tyrion is speaking. I think Valerian or trying, and uh, he messes up one of the words. Uh, so funny. Sorry, that, that's just a really good moment. <laughs> After all this really dramatic stuff, they finally did something funny, um, which was very needed. Uh, well, that's a, that's a big that's a good point because up until that point, uh, Tyrion's very snarky and uh, sarcastic and, and and right. Uh, when he sees Daenerys ride off on the dragon, there's a big character shift. Yeah, there. he loses all his he's, cynicism. He's, right, exactly. Uh, I heard that in the game of Thrones. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he he completely changes. He see because like, like uh, back in the day, in the first season, he's talking about dragons. He wants to go see the dragons, and he's talking about going to see the dragons, and and they little keep in uh, right ca- uh, in uh, uh, King's Landing, um, and then he finally gets to live and see a dragon. It's a it's a pretty, and then not even just see one that close. He sees one, and then he sees a girl ride yeah. one. And and the, the, right. what, what do you think then? Like you live in a world where you don't think dragons exist, and now 
there they how are. Do you, how do you not believe that this is the most powerful woman exactly. in the realm? Like, how could you look at somebody on top of this beast, just controlling it, and seemingly it looked like she called it for one. Like he he could have he he had a very profound moment there. You could infer that she was trying to, to I don't know, mentally don't, call him, yeah, they, or that she was. Yeah, giving they don't up. really like. They, it, or he sensed her fear. Well, yeah, so that. That's my my thing. I think. Well, I'm leading. I'm leading more on. Right. That's the dragon side. On her side, is she giving up or is she like praying to the the dragon to come? The writers seem to suggest that she was giving up. Right. Coming to terms with her death. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, she took what's her name's hand. Oh, she. Yeah, they're surrounded. They were gonna die for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they kept like they were surrounded, and it was like one at a time would come in, and it was then another, another. It would have just been the end. Um, real quick on Twitter, we had one response to me asking people what they thought, and this is their prediction. Uh, this kind of falls in line with you, Danny. Susanna at eight skin deep seven says Jon Snow turns into a white Walker slash Lord of the light woman resurrects him. He can't be dead. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the way that they shot that scene, his eyes never like they're the game of Thrones is really good at doing that thing where they make somebody look dead and he does not look dead by the end of that scene. Um, you see the blood coming yeah. out and stuff, um, but. Uh, if you want to read all of these books, or if you don't have time to sit and read them and you're like Jenny and myself lately stuck in traffic all the time, or you're on a subway or bus like Danny is oftentimes, there's this thing where they'll read the book to you. And you could do that with Game of Thrones, dot, 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 Danny. I would love to if the copy wasn't completely missing from the message you sent me, because it's not there anymore, because we are in a call, (laughs) so I don't have it in front of me. So if you could copy that back in, thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Audible.com tri- Audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Uh, and you can, yes, go <laughs> and try to listen to these books. They're not really done well. Or Who does them? You Just can go guy. check out some random uh, British dude. Uh, or you could try The Martian, which is awesome, and I got to see that trailer in 3D, and I think The Martian in 3D is going to be amazing. Um, or I just finished Game of Thrones, or not Game of Thrones, <laughs> Ready Player One, uh, the audiobook read by Will Wheaton, who I found out is going to read that dude's next audiobook uh, for Armada. So Will Wheaton is all over that dude's And books. I can recommend any of the John Hodgman books on audiobook because they're completely different than the book. They're completely different. And they're read by and they're read by John, John Hodgman, Hodgman, Paul Rudd. Like there's a part where he traps Paul Rudd into into, oh, cool. a, into a locker. Like he traps Paul Rudd in the locker and he's recording Paul Rudd from the locker trying to get him to do his lines. Uh it's 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 ridiculous. It's, they're the best audiobooks. It's funny listening It's funny listening to Will Wheaton when he changes characters like when he tries to do like an Asian voice. It's just it's that sounds like it's racist. <laughs> and then when he brings up, it, it is a little. <laughs> it's not racist. It's a lot of uh, long we'll duck gong from uh, sixteen candles. No, 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 no. It's just it's very samurai slow. Oh, speak. okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Not, not, not got accent. It. Just slow, slow samurai yes, talk. Miyagi talk. Uh, yes, right, right. Um, and he, he, you can kind of see him see his smile start when his own name is mentioned in the book. <laughs> Will we? Because he's still alive. He's he's still alive, and he's like a senator or something. Senator Will Wheaton. Hey, Al Franken's a senator. Uh, it could happen. Anyway, uh, so yes, audibletrial.com dot slash Tom Kingdom. Thank you, Danny. Not a problem. Um, 
<clears throat> if you want to chime in about any of the stuff we just talked about, Game of Thrones and all of that, and let us know how our arguing over each other is annoying you or how you agree with Jenny and uh, disagree with everything we say, you can hit us up on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. Uh, Jenny, you are at? Robbie Art. Danny is at? Nick, comma, Daniel. The word comma, because that's how Twitter works. <laughs> every time. I'm going to uh, do it every time. <laughs> or you can send us an email at our new email address, info at atomicgeekdom.com. That's where you get your info. That's where we get your info, and we'll send you back info. It's a big info exchange. Woo! Done legally, not like the government. Yeah, it's not some sort of pyramid scheme. Or a pyramid scheme. Or like the government where they just take it. Or like the NSA's pyramid scheme. <laughs> the NSA has a pyramid scheme? <laughs> they do now. Like a like a Ponzi? Yeah, totally. Give me 20 minutes pon- and check their Wikipedia. I always thought a Ponzi, oh, some kind of Ponzi thing was some kind of Italian dish. But I, was oh, I could go for a good Ponzi right now. Ponzerata. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's a fancy calzone. Uh... I just watched the episode of Parks and Rec where they just hate on Ben for liking calzones. I'm calling it Little Calzones. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. You can find us also on Instagram, Facebook, Google Plus, Stitcher. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please leave us a review. That would be super awesome if you did. Uh, T-shirts are on the website. Uh, If you're going to sign up for Amazon Prime, which you definitely should because you can watch awesome shows like Grimm, Hannibal, Justified, just to name a few are all on there. You can binge watch all that stuff and watch some good quality television. Uh, Amazon Prime, there's a banner on all of our pages on AtomicGeekroom.com. Click on one of those, sign up, and you'll get a fir- the month for free. So you can finish Justified in a month. Oh, yeah. For sure. I just did. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, also want to say a big congratulations to Courtney James Clark, our friend, one of the interviews that we did, who is in Jurassic World. She's the Mosasaur trainer. Uh, just congratulations because that movie is huge. Is unbelievably yeah, huge. That movie has made so much money. <laughs> uh, it's so cool, so cool to see it doing so well. And she couldn't have been a cooler person to talk to. I know Jenny was there for the interview too. Yeah, she's uh, a doll. A lot of fun, uh, and she's been on Periscope a lot on Twitter, which is so cool. She's just talking to all the fans and seeing how excited they are about the movie. Periscope's pretty cool. I might try to start getting into that somehow. For one way or another, for a time of kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't be my face on the screen. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Uh, yes. So big congratulations to Chris Pratt and Colin Trevorrow. Uh, very cool stuff. Awesome movie. I loved it. Took me back to being a kid again. Good to see that that Chris Pratt guy is finally getting work. <laughs> He's hurting He's for it lately. Yeah, if he was just less of a Seattle Seahawks fan, I could like him all the way. But <laughs> that's such a stupid uh, reason to hate see, somebody. <laughs> all the all the good him. all the good guys like the Seahawks. So yeah, like Mike oh, Holmgren. The lame ones are Packer fans. Oh, oh the cool. You're wrong. That's that's terrible. I'm telling Justin Timberlake you said I'm that. I'm telling a lot of people you said that. <laughs> Will Ferrell can just Will Ferrell is a bandwagon jumper. One minute he's at a Packer game, the next minute he's at a Seahawks game. What a jerk. He go, uh, he goes where Holmgren's gone. Listen to you trying to drop some knowledge. I know one coach's name. Let me have this. <laughs> where was where was the last place Big he was butt at? Butt kiss. Sorry, uh, what? I don't know. I thought yeah. he retired at Seahawks. No, he went to Cleveland. He wasn't a coach though. He was an office guy. Oh, then how would I have known that? Because <laughs> because uh, it's still Mike Holmgren. News. You're Mike Holmgren. News. I am not. All right. <laughs> MikeHolmgrenNews.com. Hashtag Mike Holmgren. 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 H
<laughs> um, yes. So congratulations to Jurassic World and that very little independent movie that it is. Uh, go see it. Check really, it out. really beating the odds that movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're all stunned that it was so big. Such the underdog. But half half a billion dollars in a one weekend is huge. That is so pretty impressive. Awesome. Yeah. And it was pretty pretty classy of Marvel to send a nice congratulations to them for beating Avengers in a cool way with Chris Pratt riding a T Rex and <laughs> all the Avengers looking up at him. It was a hilarious little Photoshop picture they put together. Should have been Star Lord at the time riding the dinosaur. He'd be looking up at it. Oh, well, I don't care. Because he's not in Jurassic World. Star-Lord. And then you could have the Lego movie dude. Oh, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and his character from Moneyball. Oh, and, uh, and, and the Zero Dark character 30. from Zero Dark Thirty. And, <laughs> and uh, that 80s movie that he did and, uh, <laughs> where he met Anna Faris. And Burt Macklin, you son of a bitch. Burt, <laughs> <laughs> you thought Burt Macklin was dead. But he's not. Uh, he was off saving the president. If they were able to make a MacGruber movie, they should be able to make a Burt Macklin movie. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm Did saying. Did he make a Burt Macklin movie no. on the show? They made like they made like uh, a little clip. No, you're thinking of uh, the Office and Michael Scott's little uh, weird. Yeah, it's like a script he wrote. <laughs> it's 24. Yeah, Dwight, you okay. ignorant right. slut. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Wow. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Okay. All right, that's it for us. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, thanks for talking and arguing and debating about the cool show that is Game of Thrones. And uh, I'm going to jump on the soapbox for a second and say it's a good show because it makes you feel things. Oh, yeah. If if you're not repulsed by rape, uh, there's something wrong. Yeah, and maybe this is how you learned that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right, and if you're not upset that a character dies, then the show's not doing what it's supposed to do. Because you should feel something for these characters. I'm not necessarily so. upset. I mean, obviously, you see people you don't like die, and it's not like I'm upset about it. <laughs> well, that's the same thing. It's you making you upset. feel something. That's important. These people do not exist. <laughs> They're making you care. When somebody you hate dies, then you feel a little euphoric. You're like, yeah, he got what he deserved. Type yeah, thing. a little bit of schadenfreude. Um, and it's all fiction, so you're living out, you know, you get to see some cool stuff that you don't see in life. Uh, and you get to see people suffer, of course, but then you also get to see some redemption at the same time. It's a show, it's fiction, it's writing, and good writing uh, is going to make you feel things. Like The Walking Dead, like Game of Thrones, like... The opening 15 minutes of Up. Like Up. Uh, it was a movie, <laughs> not a TV show. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I cried. So many shows. Uh, ju Justified will give you the feels. Justified gives you the feels all the time. Uh, and hopefully this new show, uh, or this new season of True Detective that starts up, that started up last week, uh, will give you the feels as well. But anyway. And the strain, the strain's gonna be intense, boys. That's in July. We were way off when we were talking about that before. <laughs> we were all I saying know. the well, end of it's, June. It's, it's like three or four weeks away. It's July 12th, so it's not that far away. I know, but we were all saying the end of June. Like <laughs> I would say the middle of January, the middle of July is definitely <laughs> the end of June. <laughs> Sure, it's also January. You're All right, everybody. June, <laughs> July, OMG. January. Good night. Stop. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Worst. Bye.